This is Flita with Women Ministering, a place for women changing their world by sharing God's love. And today we are in part two of Psalm 119. This is called Longing for God. And here we're going to look at the longing that this person has for God that is so eloquently expressed um, throughout really the entire thing. There are 176 verses in this psalm, 22 sections, and so while it's very long, it is also very eloquent, very expressive regarding how this person, probably David, um, felt about God in various situations in his life. And we will start with verses 33 through 40. The Hebrew word is he, and the title is Understanding God's Ways and Longing for God. Give me revelation about the meaning of your ways so that I can enjoy the reward of following them fully. Give me an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. Guide me into the paths that please you, for I take delight in all that you say. Cause my heart to bow before your words of wisdom and not to the wealth of this world. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. Reassure me of your promises. I'm your beloved, your servant who bows before you. Defend me from the criticism I face for keeping your beautiful words. See how I long with cravings for more of your ways? Let your righteousness revive my spirit. This psalm, as I've said, is just so full of instruction and contrast. And this part that we just read is a prayer. He's asking God for all kinds of things. He wants revelation. He wants an understanding heart, guidance. Uh, to have God make his heart humble. He wants God to help him turn his eyes away from illusions. Um, he's asking God to drench his uh, soul with life. He wants the reassurance of God's promises, defense from criticism, and he asks for God's righteousness to revive his spirit. And the first word or few words of every single verse is a request action from God toward the writer. Um, it's give, give, guide, cause, help, drench, reassure, defend, see, and let. And he's, he's just asking away. He's very freely asking God for the things that he feels that he needs. And each request is followed by a result. For instance, he asks for a revelation about the meaning of God's ways and the result will be him enjoying the reward of following them fully. Um, he asks for an understanding heart. And the result will be passionately knowing and obeying God's truth. Um, he asks God for help in a heart that bows before God's wisdom. And that will give him the ability not to bow before the wealth of the world. He wants help in having his eyes turned away from illusions, and the result is he'll be pursuing what's true instead of following illusions. He wants his soul drenched with God's life. The result will be that he's walking in God's paths. 
Um, he asks for the reassurance of God's promises, and the result of that will be that he will be bowing before God. He wants defense of criticism that's aimed toward him, and the result will be that that will help him to keep God's beautiful words. He is longing for more of God's ways, and through that, his spirit will be revived by God's righteousness. He's not demanding any of those things. Instead, he realizes that because of God's innate goodness, the results that he's talking about are just a natural outcome because God is good. He can't do anything but good, and so the psalmist fully trusts that. And he's looking at it and saying, God, I, I need this, and I know that the result is going to be good. And his longing for God includes a longing to understand all of God's ways. Here are verses 41 to 48, and the prefix for that, the Hebrew word for that is W-A-W. Not sure how to pronounce it, so again, I'm not going to. And the title is Trust in the Lord. May your tender love overwhelm me, O Lord, for you are my Savior and you keep your promises. I'll always have an answer for those who mock me because I trust in your word. May I never forget your truth, for I rely upon your precepts. I will observe your laws every moment of the day and will never forget the words you say. I will walk with you in complete freedom, for I seek to follow your every command. When I stand before kings, I will tell them the truth and will never be ashamed. My passion and delight is in your word, for I love what you say to me. I long for more revelation of your truth, for I love the light of your word as I meditate on your decrees. Except for the first verse in this section, this is the me section. This is all about him. <laughs> and he's telling God just how much he wants God's love to just overwhelm him and affirms his trust in God. And then he goes through this list of personal affirmations, the me part of it. And he says, I, I will always have an answer. I trust in your word. I never forget your truth. I rely upon your precepts. I observe your laws every moment. I seek to follow your every command. I will even tell kings the truth and I will never be ashamed. I find my passion and my delight in your word. I love what you say to me. I long for more of your revelation. I love the light of your word, and I meditate on your decrees. So you could say it's either the me section or the I, I, I section, but it's all just a positive confession. And if you ever want to know what a positive confession looks like, this is it. Um, it isn't bragging. It's just the writer's statement of faith and intent as he walks with his God and stays in his word. And his longing for God actually causes him to trust God more and more. Verses 49 to 56, the Hebrew word is Zion, and the title is My Comfort. And it says, Lord, never forget the promises you've made to me, for they are my hope and confidence. 
In all of my affliction, I find great comfort in your promises, for they have kept me alive. No matter how bitterly the proud mockers speak against me, I refuse to budge from your precepts. Your revelation light is eternal. I'm encouraged every time I think about your truth. Whenever I see the wicked breaking your laws, I feel horrible. As I journey through life, I put all your statutes to music. They become the theme of my joyous songs. Throughout the night, I think of you, dear God. I treasure your every word to me. All this joy is mine as I follow your ways. And in this section, the writer's showing an action, whether it's done by himself or God or done to him by others, and then he contrasts that with the result. Um, he says that his constant remembrance of God's promises to him become his hope and confidence. In affliction, God's promises bring great comfort and they keep him alive. Even when he's being mocked, he will not budge from God's precepts. He says that God's revelation light brings encouragement to him every time he thinks of God's truth. And think about that, that every time God shines his light on us, it brings us encouragement every time we think of his truth. Because only he is truth. Only he is good. And so as he, his light continually shines on us, um, it encourages us. He says that the wicked violate God's precepts and he feels horrible. Throughout his life, he's made God's laws into songs, and they are the theme of his joyous songs. And so again, here he is finding joy in everything about God, because he's even turned the law into songs. He thinks of God in the night, and again, he treasures every word, and all joy is his as he follows God's way. This tells you how the writer maintains his life of faith and how we can do the same thing. I mean, if you go back and look at that, that's how to maintain a life of faith. He constantly keeps God's promises and precepts in the forefront of his mind. And in turn, those same things give him hope, confidence, comfort, strength, encouragement, sorrow when they're broken, gives him joy, treasures, and more joy. And his longing is increased as he finds his comfort more and more in God. Verses 57 through 64, the Hebrew word is hef, and the title is, My heart is devoted to you. You are my satisfaction, Lord, and all that I need. So I'm determined to do everything you say. Now again, there is a confession of faith. That isn't bragging. That's someone saying, God, you're the only place that gives true satisfaction and you are all that I need. And so I am determined that I'm going to do everything you say. It goes on and says, with all my heart, I seek your favor. Pour out your grace on me as you promised. When I realize that I'm going astray, I turn back to obey your instructions. 
I give my all to follow your revelation light, and I will not delay to obey. Even when temptations encircle me with evil, I won't forget for a moment to follow your commands. In the middle of the night, I awake to give thanks to you because of all your revelation light, so right and true. Anyone who loves you and bows in obedience to your words will be my friend. Give me more revelation of your ways, for I see your love and tender care everywhere. This is someone who, as he said in other verses, his life is enmeshed in God. You can't separate him from God. He's completely devoted to God in every area of his life. I mean, he even chooses his friends based on their devotion to God. And God really is all that we need. He really and truly is. Um, His devotion does not equal perfection because as we've seen and as we will see in coming verses, he confesses his shortcomings to God. He's not saying, I'm perfect. He's just saying, this is it. Give me more. You're all I need. You're all I want. So he again gives us an example that we need to give our heart. We need to turn back from sin give all to follow God without delay, and never forget to follow God's commands. Give thanks always, and see his love and tender care everywhere. Being totally devoted to God in every part of our lives, just like the writer of this section of Psalm 119, our longing for God can cause us to be even more devoted to him. Verses 65 to 72, the Hebrew word is teth, and it's entitled, My True Treasure. Your extravagant kindness to me makes me want to follow your words even more. Teach me how to make good decisions and give me revelation light, for I believe in your commands. Now, if you're ever wondering whether or not God will talk to you, Here's your reassurance. This man is coming to God and saying, God, I want to know how to make good decisions. I don't want to just make decisions. I want to make good ones. Give me your revelation light. And guess what? God does. He goes on and he says, Before I was humbled, I used to always wander astray. But now I see the wisdom of your words. Everything you do is beautiful, flowing from your goodness Teach me the power of your wonderful words. Proud boasters make up lies about me because I'm passionate to follow all that you say. Their hearts are dull and void of feelings, but I find my treasures in your truth. The punishment you brought me through was the best thing that could have happened to me, for it taught me your ways. The words you speak to me are worth more than all the riches and wealth in the whole world. So here's someone who's gone through a difficult passage of life. He evidently wandered and went astray. He didn't follow God's precepts. And at some point, he fell. He was humbled. And when he looked up from that point of despair, he said that this was the best thing that could have happened to him. His trial had taught him God's ways, and now he's hungry, even more hungry for all that God will give him. 
and he's also grateful. He's depending on God to teach him and acknowledges God's power and wisdom. And now he sees everything God does as beautiful and that it flows from his goodness. After a great trial and redemption by God, his response is to be passionate to follow God because he finds treasure in God's truth. God's words are worth more than anything this world has to offer to him. Um, to me, that really sounds like David. If you go to Psalm 51, David was completely broken and contrite, repentant. He was falling on God's grace and mercy to restore him. He had sinned with Bathsheba. He had been caught in his sin. And then he went to God and he poured everything out, total honesty before God and asking for God's restoration and renewal and um, to forgive him. And this sounds a great deal like that same portion of Psalm 51, that whenever we go through times of failure to follow God's ways, we can look at these psalms and have hope. Um, David's longing for God taught him that God's love and his words were true treasure. He didn't regard God as being mean for punishing him. He recognized that the fault was his. He was the one who strayed from God's ways. And it wasn't so much God punishing him as it was we reap what we sow. And he knew that of that principle. He knew that that's how life is. And so he turned back to God. And once he turned back to him in full repentance, he could say, you humbled me. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. It gave him a much clearer understanding and a greater passion because he ex not only experienced being humbled, he also experienced God's grace, mercy, kindness, goodness, and forgiveness. And that thrilled his heart and made him run back to the God that he loved so much and be even closer to him. Um, that is the end of this particular lesson, and if you will go to womenministering.com and search for this blog, down at the bottom there's a download and you can print out the action points and the takeaways from today's study. And again, I would encourage you to go to womenministering.com, um, there's some great information and resources there. And I thank you, and I just pray that this study in Psalm 119 is enriching your life in Jesus. Thank you, and goodbye.